0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Success show, where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of our dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right. Well, hey, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today on The Gentle Art of Success. And we really appreciate you, sir, um, for joining us. Please tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where you started from and what you've been through. And then give us just maybe something interesting that most people wouldn't know about you, please.
1: Sure. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, Doug. Uh, I'm excited to do this and help get your podcast started here. So a little bit about me i got started in real estate actually before i graduated college so Sweet. throughout college i worked full-time I, uh, I ran a landscaping company and in order to do that that involved selling the work managing the guys being responsible for gross margins and sales and pretty much everything so i was just about running the entire residential side of this business along with 40 or excuse me 16 credit hours so I was working 45 to 50 hours a week 16 credit hours needless to say that wasn't a whole lot of fun that was a lot to do uh and
0: and, you're looking at maybe about 80 hours plus your school plus your full-time gig right sure sure and as a you know as a 19 20 year old
1: uh seeing what my peers were doing I wasn't especially uh, happy to do that, but that was reality. If I wanted to go to college, I I had to uh, pay for it myself. So it was around that time where I said, okay, I don't want to do this forever. I I grew up in a very kind of conservative, dogmatic uh, uh, scarcity mindset sort of background and no one ever had money. We were lower middle-class and I said, all right, what can I do once I'm done with college here? You know, If I can balance a job plus school, I can certainly start a business on the side when I I leave school. So it was around 19, 20 years old that I started reading all kinds of different books on, on businesses you could start, on investing, so on and so forth. And like just about everyone else, it was when I came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad that real estate really started to interest me. Uh, and it was about that same time I'm sitting at uh, lunch at work and my co-worker goes, yeah, well, my wife and I, we're just finishing up rehabbing our duplex and uh, tenants moving upstairs. Awesome. So they're paying the mortgage. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah. They, House they're, hack. They're paying, they're paying the mortgage. And I go, whoa. So anyways, two months later, closing my first duplex when I was 21, before I graduated college. Uh, From there, uh, I moved from Ohio to Colorado, bought some more rental properties, uh, started the land and development business that I now own. And uh, yeah, I'm full-time in real estate now, building houses, buying and selling land. And then I have 10 tenants distributed among four uh, properties. And I am working on buying a commercial building before the end of the year. So very quick synopsis there, but that's where I'm at now. And then to to answer your last question, uh, something a lot of people don't know about me. Uh, when I was a kid, I started weightlifting when I was 13. I always played sports and I was short and I played basketball. I thought, okay, well, at least I'll build some muscle, So I at least push people around. And uh, I really enjoyed Smart. it. And I ended up, <laughs> well, <laughs> I ended up actually competing in bodybuilding throughout my teenage years. So I don't wow. look like it. Yeah. I don't look like it now because I'm, I'm, I'm more of a runner now. Uh, but 19 years old, you know, squatted 500 pounds for reps, deadlifting 600 pounds, and I weighed 210 pounds. So, uh, yeah, it used to look very different, but I'll tell you, nothing I've done since then has has compared as far as difficulty. Uh, uh-huh. Prepping for shows and that sort of thing taught me a lot of discipline and work ethic, and that's been applicable to everything I've done now. Um, so, yeah, that was te- – Teenage Dan was uh, uh, a competitive bodybuilder, so those, those uh, experiences have really carried over. AKA beast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is awesome. I love that. Like those are those are incredible numbers. Like squatting five hundred at two hundred and ten pounds is like ridiculous. Um also I was gonna say, you know, nobody looks like they're competing in body, bodybuilding until they're actually like their show's coming up, and that's when they start like really cutting. And I've sure. never I've never done that. I've witnessed people doing it, you know, and I'm just like, holy mm-hmm. moly, and show me what they're eating, and you gotta be real careful mm-hmm. with everything. I would say that requires a high level of discipline, which is like, gonna you know, pay you for, for the rest of your life. But, um, right along with that, I just wanted to mention, and I love that. And I love your backstory, man. Thank you so much for sharing that already. It's like crazy valuable. Um, for me, I, I, I weight lift also, but it's super low key, but, Mm -hmm. um, I've just never been able to like replicate the, the after feeling that you get from weightlifting with anything else mm-hmm. that I've done. It's just different. So it's kind of a sure. a chill, good vibe, but I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think also, you know, it's crazy gutsy to buy your first duplex at 21. I think that, um, you know, going what you went through when you were, you know, working and going to college full time uh, built some, almost, I would say, you know, maybe even extreme character, um, in discipline. Right. So. Sure. It's sure. it's it's showing, and and so far, you know, I've got to speak with you in the past a little bit, and um, just super impressed with what you've been able to do. And like, I joke around all the time. People ask me, "Hey, uh, you know, how's your day going?" And I'll just say, "Living the dream." I just like always mm-hmm. say that. But like, you literally are living the dream, and I hope you don't mind me sharing your. kid sure. Do you mind sharing your, uh, you know, goal for, um, after you purchase your commercial property, what you plan on. Oh.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So part of moving to Colorado was I love extreme sports, as you probably got the impression with the, the bodybuilding. So I've been climbing, uh, hiking, snowboarding, and mountain biking all over Colorado. And I've really wanted to learn to surf. Uh, so I went out to San Diego after I bought my last property as kind of a small little reward, started to started to learn to surf. But once I buy the commercial property, I'm going to go to Hawaii for an extended period of time uh, and, and really become proficient at surfing because That's really what I want to do spend the summers at the beach and the winters in the mountains. Uh, And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the the purpose of everything I'm working on.
0: I love that and much warmer water, right? I know SoCal has warmish water, but not like Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. Wetsuit was definitely helpful. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I love it, dude, so much. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Like I actually have done a decent amount of mountain biking and uh, mm. snowboarding. And okay. I, yeah, I really love the feeling like I will still have dreams where, you know, I'm actually um, going solo through the trees, like out of bounds, just in real mm-hmm. fresh powder where you not even touch yeah. the ground. You're just floating. And that's kind of I don't think surfing feels like that, but I always like imagine it feels like that, you know. Yeah, I don't
1: really have enough experience to comment, but yeah, there's snowboarding there's snowboarding's hands down my, my favorite uh, hobby up to this point.
0: It's an amazing thing to do for sure. Please, uh, well, thank you so much for that. Let me ask you this. Do you mind sharing with us one of your favorite successes or more, it's totally up to you, mm-hmm. that you're either a part of or like solely created?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, the rental I bought last year, I can pull a lot of uh, lessons out of that. So let's see, it was February, 2020. And uh, this one I owned with a partner. I was at the local real estate club, which I actually now host, but I did not at the time. And awesome. you get wholesalers or new wholesalers every week, right? Because that's the low and no money down thing. So people show up, they say they're gonna wholesale and then they just disappear. But there's really no harm in giving them my number. So I did, there was a new one. She introduced herself to everyone. And uh, what do you know, the next day, I get a call from her. Uh, hey, I've got a deal. She sends it over. Okay. Well, she accidentally shared everything in her drive, which included her cash buyers list. And on <laughs> that cash, on that cash buyers list, Doug, there were four people, me being one of them. So there, I, I see this and I see the house. Okay. Somehow she got this. It's in one of the best school district in Colorado Springs. Uh, awesome neighborhood, right up against a park very good location as far as accessibility. Uh, And I I call my partner, I go, hey, nobody knows about this, we've got to jump on it. Uh, So anyways, go to see that, uh, end up buying the place. It was cosmetically trashed, but all the bones were really solid. And uh, we we rehabbed it and (laughs) it's kind of funny because we didn't know what we were getting into at the time, but turns out the son was a wanted felon and his girlfriend, girlfriend was actually a prostitute he was paying
0: and oh was, no so, holy so, moly I mean, you,
1: yeah you walked into this thing it was disgusting but anyways
0: we were was very this the very, buyer that you're dealing with the son
1: uh no these these were the sell the okay the, the seller dad, i'm
0: sorry excuse
1: me no the seller was an army guy and because we have a lot of army here in colorado springs uh for carson he bought this years ago Left it completely negligent, property manager was useless. So yeah, the tenants were paying half a market rent. The house smelled just disgusting, just bodily fluids everywhere. It's horrible. Uh, yeah uh, so, <laughs> Anyways, but it was an awesome location. So we had to get those people out, rehab the place, and get it on the market. Uh, and thankfully we were very cautious gentle diplomatic and we got the people out without any major issues uh, or conflict uh, we were sorry. helpful and and just tried to be uh, just understanding of their situation because i mean they're people you know and it was the the helpless dad was kind of kind of the one in charge his son taking advantage of him but it's his son so he couldn't didn't have the heart to kick him out also yeah. uh, anyways we got them out of the property rehabbed it put Did a you nice new
0: cash couple. for keys or Just sort of no, no, really built a relationship.
1: It was very confrontational when we first walked in because, Mm. hey, these guys are going to come by my or the house we're living in and kick us out. Very, but we spent a lot of time talking to them, just listened to their situation, sent them, you know, to some some of the property managers I know to look for other other units, just generally tried to help them. And after spending a good amount of time talking to them and, and listening, they, you know. uh, what's what's we kind of moved to the same side of the table as opposed to that confrontational sort of mindset. And they, they did get out as opposed to causing a big issue. So here's the thing though, we're rehabbing this in a hard money loan. March is when we're rehabbing pandemic hits, Mm. we're freaking out, right? I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we're definitely nervous. Hey, we're in a hard money loan. What's going to happen to real estate in hindsight, everything's clear. But at the time, I think everyone thought the, the crash was finally coming. Uh, but Hey, we just, we persisted. We finished the rehab. We got a nice young couple in there that almost doubled the rent, uh, and refied and it's cash flowing. So why do I tell that story? Well, there, there's a couple things, right? If I'd been sitting on my couch watching TV and hadn't got up and gone to that networking event, I never would have found that deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then number, number two, just focusing on the fundamentals, everything, the world seemed to be falling, right? We were nervous. But at the end of the day, we bought a great house in a great area that cash flowed where the numbers made sense. We had our appropriate reserves. So it worked. It worked. And now I'm very glad we still own that. Do absolutely nothing. I mean, they wanted to get a little poodle and they text me asking like just excellent tenants because it's in an excellent area. Uh, So, yeah, that that house (laughs) is something I never want to sell.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think I mean, I think that's a, you know, sound advice for sure. And I also think a lot of people would think. To find a house like that in an area like that um, at a discounted rate and then you have somebody in there, I think mo- most people, I think, would think it's impossible or just too scary or too big of a goal to actually like approach or, or even tackle. Um, mm-hmm. Any advice on you know sort of tackling something like that? I mean, it, it doesn't sound like you've ever done anything like that before, right? Or is no, that was land- me-
1: Yeah. That was my, my first one that was that bad. The duplex I bought in college, one of the units was not so great, but nothing like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as, so I think, I think the question is finding that sort of deal seems unrealistic is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you another story then after this that exemplifies the same point, but no, it's a matter of consistency for long periods of time. I had been attending that real estate club for years. I had been looking at deals from wholesalers for months on end going, I've been sending out letters. So it's persistency over long periods of time. You're never gonna succeed at anything if you have a lot of uh, a lot of effort and motivation for a month. It's gotta be over the long term, which is one of the most important things or points I'd like to drive home. If you just are really excited for a few weeks, you're not gonna get anywhere. It's it is consistency over the long term, whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's dieting or finding a deal or so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Or surfing so, or snowboarding.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it really, it really is. I kind of enjoy looking at how the same principles are applicable throughout all areas of life that, that make successful people successful. Um, the other, the other story I want to tell quickly here uh, along the same point would be about the house I just bought. So obviously these last six months have been lowest inventory. I think we've ever seen the hottest market. I mean, and then Colorado Springs specifically, <sighs> has a large amount of growth, people moving here, there's businesses and so on. And in the middle of that, I bought a house on market below appraised value and got them to pay all my closing costs. Whoa. Okay. Well, exactly. it really was not that hard. So, I wanted to buy the next the, the last residential property via house hacking because that's been such a great strategy and then the rental I was I was occupying We'll just be a, a full-blown rental now mm-hmm. so i found a realtor who focuses on house hacking and he's an investor himself uh and then we kind of brainstormed okay how, how are we going to do this well i said number one if they're going to wait for offers over the weekend this isn't going to work so those are off the table um, let's find something that comes on the market on a weeknight monday or tuesday ideally has a a poor listing, right, uh, low quality pitchers, clearly there's a lack of effort on the part of the agent, um, where they're going to take the first office offer that works because they have motivation, right, so th- those are our parameters, I'm not even going to look at if they're waiting through the weekend, I'm not getting in a bidding war, and I'm looking for that scenario where clearly it was that realtor doesn't know what they're doing, but even the realtors that don't know what they're doing have a brother or a wife or a cousin that will, will list something with them, right. So that's exactly what we did. We made offers on a number of houses uh, like that, didn't get them. But then one day, some of the the worst photos I've ever seen were listed on this, this split level. It was a five bed, or excuse me, no, four bed, two bath, very close to downtown Cheyenne Canyon, which is a hot spot as far as hiking and, and tourism, and uh, close to the highway. I'm like, I would love to live there. I could rent out all the extra space. <clears throat> we go to look at it. It's in much better condition than the picture's show.
0: Love it. It's so usually the opposite, right? I know, I know. We
1: go and it's it's like a Monday or Tuesday night. I mean, we, we looked at this thing within an hour, okay? And then we get there, great condition, and then the basement is like a suite, but it doesn't have a bathroom. Hmm. But the plumbing from upstairs is exposed. So I said, okay, I'm gonna build a bathroom there. The master suite is because it's it's a tri-level, there's a lot of these split and tri-levels in Colorado Springs. Okay. The master suite's on its own side of the house with a big living space, big bay windows looking towards uh the mountains with a big balcony and then in the middle floor there's a a wing with three bedrooms and a bathroom brand new bathroom Mm -hmm. and then there's the downstairs so i said all right we're gonna build a bathroom downstairs i'm gonna rent out those two of those three rooms upstairs use the third as an office and i can go occupy the master and have plenty of my own space with the own bathroom okay and a great view exactly yeah awesome balcony so in the long term it's just a property you want to own so we made an offer. I want to say it was listed for 330. We made an offer at 335 that went up to 340. And talking with my realtor about strategy, he goes, "Look, the chances of this appraising significantly above or below what we're offering here is almost nothing." Mm. So let's just say full, full appraisal gap coverage. I had extra cash I, mean, I could have gone up quite a bit but i didn't really want to cover a big gap there mm-hmm. uh, but he's like look there, there's little chance of, of more than a couple thousand dollars being in that gap so full appraisal gap coverage up to 340 uh close i think 30 days was what we submitted they get another offer for 365 our offer gets accepted because of the appraisal gap coverage then So we're under contract, we go through the inspections. And again, there's, there's all kinds of little things going on at the house. There's, there's some bigger things. One of the biggest issues had to do with the foundation and it more was a visual thing. Cause I have a friend who, yeah, well, I have a buddy who owns a foundation repair company. That's all he's done. So I got him to come out and look at it. He goes, Dan, I'd buy this in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, (laughs) it's not actually an issue. It's more of a, yeah, it, it looks. And so anyways, long story short, we negotiated we ended up, I bought it for $327,500. It appraised at 340 They covered all my closing costs and several thousand the down payment. Uh, and two rooms upstairs rented out for 700 Basement rented out for 1200 to a dentist with an 810 credit score. And the mortgage is 1600 bucks, $2,600 to income. I occupy the place, and I like living there. I mean, it, and that was on market. It's really not that hard.
0: You, you're living there for free too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, twenty six hundred on sixteen hundred mortgage. Well, plus the eight hundred dollars yeah, of the gas- bedroom that I was occupying that I rented out.
0: So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe we should consider a nickname for you the, as the Unicorn Hunter because that's yeah. two right there. That that's like awesome. I love that story, you know. And uh, it does go to show. I mean, obviously. You know, you have a high level understanding of um, real estate and you've been dealing with it for a while, which has helped you to gather that. But I think that having that strategy was super smart. And I've never even thought of that. Like, you know, I had heard, you know, going after the ones with the listings where, with the, where they have bad pictures, but I never thought, hey, start your journey on a Monday because like yeah. that's what happens. Everybody's waiting for the weekend. The homes don't last mm-hmm. through the weekends. Right. And so in a hot market. Yep. But I love that. That's great, man. Um, OK, let me go to the other side of this sure. coin and ask you, if, if you don't mind, you know, sharing with us you know, some of the incredibly difficult experiences that you've had to walk through in your life and, and what you've learned from them.
1: Sure. So uh, preparing for that question, I was thinking more along the lines of business. And again, I, I think this this will be applicable to a lot of listeners. Um, when I left my job to get started, let's see, what was that? It was fall, or excuse me, not to get started, to go full-time, uh, fall 2019. Full-time real uh, estate, right? Yeah, full-time in, in real estate. That was difficult. Um, it, it, when you're getting started in anything, in anything, it's it's such a slow build at first. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're not focused, I was trying to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, too many different things at once there was a, a good amount of time where I just didn't get a lot of traction, but it really is what a lot of people say. And then it's an exponential curve. It starts very, 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 very slowly. And then once you figure it out, it explodes. So there was a solid, let's see, what I left my job at the end of 2019 and then the pandemic hit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like great timing. Uh, so,
1: yeah. So I had d- development. Then this is a, another, another area we can get into. I got more into development before i got into the buying and selling of land that kind of came separate uh, and so leaving my job at the end of 2019 i had several development projects i was putting together multi-family project a bit south of me uh some homes being built and those all fell apart come the pandemic early 2020 Good. and yeah so with a little bit, little bit of income i had from the rentals barely keeping me above board uh but that that was difficult that was very 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 difficult and for those getting started i I think this is applicable that expect it to be slow at first expect to fall on your face over and over again at first and it just takes time you got to stick with it because yeah so let's see what was this i remember april of 2020 everything i had worked on up to that point uh for those projects was gone uh it wasn't happening builders had slowed mostly, not completely, but mostly stopped building, at least in the market I was in. And I had to figure out how to make money, <laughs> uh, which is at, about when I found just the the land, and I am building again now. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I know that was vague, but I don't want to talk for three hours here. So I, I think the the moral of what I'm trying to say <laughs> is when you're getting started, it's very slow. Whether you're trying to buy rentals, or you're going direct to seller or you're trying to start a land business, or maybe you're a realtor trying to get clients. They say over and over again, those first six months, you're probably not going to have any deals. So it's applicable with everything. When you're getting started, it's a very slow go. Uh, mm. But when you have momentum, it really can be exponential.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. The the big mo, right? And um, mm-hmm. now one of the things I remember when we first met, the first time we talked is that you, you told me it's really hard to sort of... Um, you know, take off in anything or succeed in anything unless it has like your full focus. So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously you did that. You've been through mm-hmm. there and, you know, I was kind of smiling as you're explaining your tough times, because I really love when people are, when the people go through the tough times, but they don't just stay there and fall apart. They continue mm-hmm. moving forward. So we know that where you're at now is not where you were in April of 2020. You're in a much better place. And yeah. um the other thing I wanted to ask you on that is any recommendations for people that are planning on launching their business as far as ramping period. And then money that they should have in the bank or, or passive income to help, you know, support them as they launch.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that depends a little bit. If you have a wife and kids, I, I, you know, tell you to be a lot more conservative than if you're a single guy (laughs) or girl or, you know, that plays into it quite a bit. Uh, But I, to, to give specific numbers is difficult, but what I can say is, for for me, I had my living expenses as low as possible. I was being very, very, very frugal, and uh, at the same time, my house hack plus the other rental. So at the time, the two the two other rentals uh, covered all my expenses. It was just barely, but it, they did cover everything. Uh, so just being as frugal as you can, uh, and I, I still am. I still almost live like that because. I want to buy more buildings. I'm broke because I'm always buying real estate, right? Uh, so, cool. anyways, but yeah, to answer specifically, that's that's hard to say because that's very individual. I have heard of people that just jumped ship with no passive income and made it work, but I, I'm sure there's a survivorship bias there. So I, I do think you should have either your expenses mostly covered or completely covered plus a decent chunk in the bank because uh, I, I you know I had a, I had cash in the bank as well, uh-huh.
0: um, so. That's awesome. No. And I love a couple of things you said there as well, where, you know, you're staying broke, but you're also like staying hungry in that process. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I love that. So let me just um, let me ask you this now, kind of just changing the conversation a little bit. If you were to be, you know, able to go back in time to age 18, um, mm-hmm. what would you do to fast track your success? Like knowing what you know now?
1: yeah so i thought about this question a bit and i'm gonna answer it honestly i would tell myself not to go to college i would immediately get a sales job uh and i would start buying real estate right away uh, so again we, we've we had limited time but i actually uh when i was 16 i was managing a portfolio of rentals and at the same time a farm while my boss was in aruba for most of the year uh, okay. uh, so by the time i was 18 i already had several years of experience running businesses and unfortunately you know, you know i was you know i was an 18 year old i wanted to go to college and and i just paid for it myself but nonetheless i wanted to go to college and kind of have that experience uh but yeah in hindsight i learned what i learned through my the business i had to run not through school the business degree i got was pretty useless if you want to be a doctor that's one thing uh, i'm not going to comment on that or if you're going to harvard or yale i'm not going to comment on that sort of school but your average run-of-the-mill college with a business degree that was a waste of 40 grand in a lot of time so uh, yeah I, I would I would focus on a sales job too because no matter what it is that you want to do uh, sales is just effective communication that's mm. all it is is knowing how to communicate with other people so it's one of the most useful skills you can develop in all aspects of life uh, so get, getting a sales job, and then investing in real estate as soon as you can via house hacking it's really hard to go wrong starting with house hacking uh, there's few people who aren't in a situation do that there are some you can always find the exception to the rule but yeah i mean i, I would be a lot further ahead if i had done that i mean i can only imagine if i bought a couple properties when i graduated high school yeah. uh and had a full-time sales job but nah, you live and learn
0: Right, right. Well, and I love that advice, though, as well. And, you know, um, it's super honorable and and I have a lot of respect for what you did as far as like going to college and working on top of it. And there was the character building there, you know, that you went through, Um, you know, but um, I still love that a lot, you know. And let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on mindset, really, and um, how to go from a non-success mindset or a lack of mindset or scarcity to a successful mindset or abundance or however you want to put it.
1: Yeah, that's a constant work in progress. Uh, I like to joke with my brother that I'll, sometimes I'll say something, I'll think, wait, that's my dad talking. That's not me.
0: Yeah, uh, wow. and, I, love know, that. yeah.
1: I, I grew up in the Midwest, very conservative, very scarcity, right? The world's always falling apart. We're always going to go broke. The stock market's always going to fall like that. That was the mindset I was raised on. So it took... A long time to get away from that, um, and it's a constant work in progress. A couple of things I've done to work on that: the people I'm around, the podcasts I listen to, the books I read. That has all helped a lot, and then just really trying to be conscious of it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 crazy, Doug. I'll just I'll be really straightforward here. You know, I'm gonna make four or five hundred grand this year, and I Love still it. I still go to the store and feel like, oh, I got to buy the the cheapest food possible. And I got to buy, you know, buy the cheapest everything. And it's like, wait, wait, that's, that's absurd. You don't need to inflate your expenses, but you don't need to be worried about what you're eating. And I I still am to some degree. So it's a constant work in progress. And I'm trying to get over that. I've definitely gotten better. uh, But still that uh, uh, upbringing is really difficult to get out of your head. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things I've been working on with the the coach through uh, Peter's his name. Uh, he always Hello, is, I think
0: we have the same coach.
1: Oh, yeah. But yeah, we do. We do. Peter, he's Peter's a great cool.
0: guy. I love him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I well, I told him, I said, Peter, you got to be straightforward with me. Do not coddle me and tell me if I uh, call me all my bullshit. It really is. What I told yeah, him. He's very right. good about that. Um, so yeah, he'll call me. He'll call me Daniel. Because if I'm being a baby, he'll, he'll call me Daniel. Because that's what my mom <laughs> called me as a child. I haven't gone by that so six. You know, so I think in my head. So to answer your question, to bring this back, try and be aware of those thoughts. So when you mm-hmm. catch yourself being ridiculous, I mean, there's there's prudence. Again, I, I don't want to go out and blow a bunch of money. The stock or excuse me, the the real estate market will eventually slow down or crash. These are real concerns but it doesn't have to completely envelop all of your thinking all the time. And you don't need to be concerned about spending a few dollars on food for the week. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy.
0: I do that same thing and it drives me nuts. And it's like, how much time am I actually wasting that is worth money trying to save money? It's like crazy. And I'm in a similar uh, uh, boat as far as always, you know, some of these thoughts that run in my head, Are coming to me is not necessarily a clear thought, but also just sort of like a belief and they're Mm -hmm. coming to me as fact. So if I don't pull this thought out and go, so, hey, this is what my head's telling me. Is that true? And what Peter loves to say is, can I know with a hundred percent, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true? No, I can't. And it's not true in the first place. This is a bold faced lie. So why am I taking it on as truth? But like, Mm -hmm. it's so important to capture your thoughts and like test them and say, Mm -hmm. does this serve me or not? You know?
1: Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. So So, yeah, it's a a constant work in progress. uh, But like anything, whether it's going to the gym or working on your business, you work on it every day, you get better little by little.
0: I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Just keeping the same like train of thought, like, you know, or thread of thought throughout the whole conversation. Now we are running certain run overtime. So I apologize for that. So, okay. um, but let's go on here to the next one. That next question that I got for you. Um, is there a key, like one key or one thing or one, um, success principle that you came across through your journey that has helped you to unlock success in your life?
1: Yeah, uh being just relentless. Let me let me, let me tell you a story that, that exemplifies. I can tell you a bunch of stories. Here's a short one. I, I have a deal that just closed, bought a parcel of land for 10, sold it for 35. I followed up with those sellers twelve times. Twelve times. Okay. That's 12. And, wow. yeah, and that's that's kinda <laughs> this, this is why a sales job is so important, right? Because you learn these people are either going to tell me to F off or they're going to sell me their land. (laughs) Like if they initiated the conversation and I take that sort of mindset in everything. So here's a little longer story that I think is really important. When I moved to Colorado, I started going to that real estate club I just told you about. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy that stood up and he goes, hey, uh, I'm an investor. I've been doing this for 40 years, done all kinds of projects, actually all over the world and uh, i need help on the the technological side of my business he's an older guy he didn't want to learn the computer uh and he goes look you you come help me out i live in pueblo which is about an hour south of here uh, south of the springs and i'll show you some of what i've learned so of course everyone gathers around him he gets everyone's or everyone gets his phone number two people called him myself and one other the other guy i ended up getting to know a little bit and after about a week or two of going down there and helping him he goes yeah man i just I can't get started on a bunch of cash. You need to figure out how to, how to make money first. <clears throat> and I go, okay, well, I'm going to keep going down there. So here's a guy, it became clear to me, He's built houses all over, Built apartments. He built a, a complex in China. He's bought and sold notes. Wow. He's, I mean, he, everything you could imagine this guy's done all over the West coast and all over the world. That's so cool. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I'm like, okay. a couple weeks it's not a whole lot of fun getting up early and coming down here on a saturday but i'm 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 just gonna i'm gonna stick with it because i'm going to figure this out and at this point i was still in a job right i had at this point i had a duplex in a house but i was still in a job hated the job and i I, i've said okay i'm gonna start a business on the side right so this is 2018 started going down there it took almost a year before i made any money or figured anything out but i i just i said no this guy knows everything i want to know uh and i'm gonna figure this out so i I just kept going down there and uh, uh, learning from him and helping him. And eventually we started doing deals together. And what do you know, he's one of my biggest investors and he's introduced me to a bunch of other guys that now invest with me. And I wow. need, you know, going out to Nevada uh, this weekend to another market that's similar to the one where I've done a lot of land and development here. Uh, where do you think I heard about that from? Uh, so anyways, just Puebla, the, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, well, from from him. Uh, right. Name. Anyways, okay. so just the value I've gotten out of sticking with it and getting to know this guy, and and so it can't be overstated. I mean, if I have questions on anything, he'll help me. He's a big investor. He's introduced me to a lot of different people, and he's just a lifelong friend at this point. Yeah. Um. So, a couple couple points I want to make there: just being persistent and not giving up after two weeks. Mm. Going to networking events has really helped me as you've heard two stories already. I yes. can tell you more. Uh, and then I hear people wanting to find a mentor. They talk about this all the time. Well, if you go up to, to someone and say, Hey, can you just teach me all, you know, for free? Well, I'm a pain in your butt, which is really <laughs> what, what most people are saying when they go ask somebody that doesn't work. Go find someone that you can help and build a genuine friendship over time if you want a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah, long, long story. But I think that's valuable because so many people complain about this sort of thing. It takes time and it takes effort. You can't just, if you want someone to give you a turnkey business model, you can buy them for 10, 20, 30,000. That's that's another option. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you want a mentor, then you have to build a genuine relationship and be persistent.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I love that. And just to add a couple of points there is like, I've heard before, the most valuable skills you can have is people skills. And I think obviously you had, you have great people skills. Now I'd safe to assume you had great people skills then when you met Rick. And, um, the other thing that comes to mind is your network is your net worth. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, it's awesome. I love it, dude. And Um, I also wanted to say this earlier. I forgot, though, if you would have shunned the wholesaler lady that you met at the REI or REA group yeah. or whatever um, early earlier in the conversation, you know, you would have never got that deal. And so, I think it's also mm-hmm. important to stay open and um, yeah. always kind of just treat people as, as you'd want to be treated. You know, I think that's that's huge. And obviously, you do that and then some because you brought a lot of value to Rick. You know, so yeah. it's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you mind sharing with us one, you know, book recommendation that, um, outside of, I know you gave us, um, rich dad Poor yeah. dad, and then maybe one tech recommendation.
1: Uh,
0: book recommendation. Okay. Gosh, you did. I already mentioned the one I wanted
1: to, um, <laughs> let's see another one. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, I don't remember six of them, but one of them I'll remember forever. Uh, my boss actually at that landscaping company I ran in college gave me to this. He's, he's a, he's a friend now. Uh, and the one that says, I forget how he frames it exactly, but the concept is pretend you're at your funeral, you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life. And when I'm making decisions or thinking through what I want to spend time on or what is important, that frame, uh, that framing is really useful. And it quickly makes you realize that anything involving the ego is not important. Granted. I can, I can fail here. Don't get me wrong. I can fail here. Uh, but that is one of my favorite books. I remember enjoying the whole thing, but I only remember that principle, and that's okay. That uh, frame alone is worth having read it. So you
0: said yeah. then a tech recommendation? Yeah, any any tech recommendation, any apps that you uh-huh. like? or? As far as, again, as far as business, I would say
1: uh, PropStream. Most people know what it is, but, I, I mean, that's the one I use the most. I'm pulling lists of all different
0: kinds uh, for mailers and, and, uh, got cold calling set up now. So yeah, I guess prop stream. That's so cool. I was actually just looking into prop stream a little earlier today. Um, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I have just a couple more questions for you. Is there anything that our audience can support you with as far as bringing you a particular type of deal or Mm -hmm. value in any sort of way? So two thoughts
1: here. Uh, number one, I am working on starting a mastermind for uh, business owners in their 20s and, and early 30s. I was looking into EO last year. I, I'm sure you probably heard of EO. Great program, great people. They're all my parents' age. I, I have this problem where half the people around are all my parents' age. I wanna find Not people <laughs> in their 20s and 30s who are actually doing something, who have uh, businesses and, and want to do some sort of mastermind. So that's something I'm trying to put together And then as far as, as deals, I am anything that would function. I think I told you this, or maybe I didn't, I just sent mailers out to every building within El Paso County, which is Colorado Springs and around that would function as a Walgreens. Uh, I'm looking, I think I I told you to buy my first commercial property before the end of the year. And, uh, that's going to take a chunk of my cash plus one or maybe two of my investors. And that's a specific asset that I know, uh, they'll go for. So yeah, anything that can function as a drugstore within, even up in Denver, I mean, or down to Pueblo, anywhere along the front range.
0: I'm looking for that. Okay. I love it. That would, would that be a triple net, uh, in or? Yeah. That's super cool. Um, It doesn't already have to be leased. It just, yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, um, how could, if you, you know, prefer or would like the audience to connect with you, what would be the best way to do that?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Social media is fine. You can message me on Facebook or Instagram. I just post pictures of mountains I'm climbing and uh, uh, business deals I'm doing. So it's just Dan Haberkost on Facebook or the same Dan Haberkost on Instagram. Uh, It's spelled phonetically, and that's a K, not a C.
0: Love it. Yeah, and your name will be in the – you know, description of the actual interview itself, so it'd be easy for them to find you, and hopefully not cool. stalk you. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Dan, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you, man. I really sure. appreciate you spending time with me. It's super valuable for me, and it's going to be super valuable for anybody who listens slash watches this. It was fun. And so, Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I agree, man. It was, it was super fun for me as well. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let us sign off now and um, thank all the viewers for watching. And thanks again, Dan. Um, You know, again, uh, you know, really appreciate, love what, love what you've been able to create in your life.
1: Thanks, Doug. All right.
0: Welcome. Bye. Thank you for experiencing the Gentle Art of Success show. Please subscribe as more amazing content is yet to come.